So Brandon was eating one of the old school good humor strawberry shortcake bars. You know, the ones, the ice cream bars. It's got like the, the little balls on it that are pink yeah. and white or whatever. I just I just watched the video of how they make those. Dude. I watch random shit on YouTube. Dude. Um I, I'm 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 not saying do like to stop you. I'm saying do like I admire the fact that you found how to make those. And I'm actually like rubbing my nipples thinking about that shit. Um, I mean, I know people who do it for cakes and stuff like that. And basically, you know, I I know how to do it for a cake, but I I was watching a video on how they actually make those bars. Like not like for me to make them, but you should make them. No, thank you. Don't don't I mean, don't shit. don't be like that. Y'all trying to y'all t- motherfuckers trying to get me back on making yeah, these you cookies. Yeah, you better no, nigga. You posted up them cookies, and if I don't get cookies within a month, I'm gonna fuck you to fuck up. Look me in my eyes, Scar. You know I love you, right? You know I love you. I Man, will come I'm just, to your job, Scar. I, did, I made those cookies for fun. I will come to your job, Scar. We don't do fun when it comes to your cookies. God damn it! By the way, what's the name of your cookie spot on Facebook? uh is it's mc3 uh mike corbin's culinary creations mc3 they are dope as fuck ladies and gentlemen support the homie um but yeah he was eating one of the strawberry shortcake bars and i was saying that the things even better than that are the 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 uh ice cream sandwiches that have like it's not a golden oreo outside but it it's like that it's not a chocolate uh, outside it's like the golden oreo that's the only way i could play it and then on the inside it's straight strawberry and it tastes so fucking good and it's one of the big ice cream sandwiches i just can't remember uh, it's been a while since i stopped an ice cream truck because them motherfuckers are expensive and stupid just no I'm, I'm i ain't fancy at all just give me some uh, fucking pet you fancy give me some pet birthday cake ice cream sandwiches and i'm in there some what? Some birthday cake. No, you said ice cream. Pet? pet. Yeah, pet. Pet. P E T. Yeah, that's the name of the company. And they make ice cream sandwiches. Yeah, they make milk and shit. They, they do all kinds of dairy shit. So they they you just they, want birthday cake with ice cream? No, no, no. It's a birthday cake flavored ice cream sandwich. So you're saying you're not fancy at all, and you bust out some fancy shit that half nah, trust never... me, it's bro, it's pet. Pet is like just a step above great value when you go to Walmart. You know, Yo, what nigga, I mean? don't like, be dissing great value because they have that uh like they have one ice cream that has caramel and chocolate truffles in it and, and like fucking toffee. Dude, you better back the fuck up right now. See, you talking about the $4 great value. (laughs) I'm talking about the $2 great value. Hey, you know what, though? Shout out to us because I know, and Brandon, I know you're in this same boat because you're black. Shout out to us for coming up from all the way from the level when you had the ice cream, you used to get the birthday parties with the ice cream with a little stick on it. Then the next step was the buckets of ice cream. Now we always had buckets. We started off with the buckets because you know Mama and them used that for the uh for the for her flour for her spaghetti. No, no, no. She no, she used it for her flour and stuff to put in when she frying chicken and shit. So like, oh, my mom <laughs> would put, use it she for put her the chicken leftover, in there and shit the fuck out that bitch. She would use it for her leftover spaghetti. She would put it in that, or else she put it in the country crock container. Yeah, country crock was for different things. Country crock was for sides. <laughs> like you had some, you had some extra green beans or some shit like that. You put in a country crock. Country crock. 
Yeah, because country crock was just like just like the fucking Danish cookies. Like you <laughs> you see that container, you have no fucking idea what's in it. You know what's wild? As an adult, I have not eaten country crock in a really fucking long time. And I oh, wonder me. if that makes me bougie. Me neither. No, I just, <laughs> I just, I just have it. I, I, I butter. It's like okay, mom. Country crock costs the same exact amount as butter. So why the fuck are we eating country crock? Exactly. But now I have grass fed butter. Carry gold. Carry carry gold. I, I know about. I actually gold, saw. I, I actually saw some carry gold because I went to the store to get more stuff so I can practice making these stupid fucking cookies. And right beside the great value butter was the carry gold. Don't Irish. be calling it stupid fucking cookies no more. Irish carry gold, the best butter. <laughs> I thought is I it carry gold like C A R R? No, K E R. K E R. I never Irish. I've never it's, heard of it before. I mean, Terry, I've, I've had um Irish Terry Conklin gold. <laughs> I don't need my ego fed. <laughs> I just wanna be like Jed. <laughs> it's the best butter. You yeah, ain't I, my I daddy, is you? The one. Asia, um, the, a lot of the um, a lot of the baking channels that I watch on YouTube, they use Kerry Gold. Yeah, I've that's never heard of it. That's, that's the only reason why I know of it. I've I, never used it personally. To quote Quell, man, I am dazed and stupefied. Yeah, it's it's the best butter. You can actually, it's one of those like high quality products that you can taste the difference. Yeah, those are the ones you want though. The ones like you sometimes can literally... you can't really taste the difference, but sometimes yeah. that one you can taste the difference. And that's what's I'm, up. I'm not buying that shit for no cookies though, because like I'm gonna throw a whole bunch of other shit in there. Yeah, so, because like, your cookies are fucking premier. Like your cookies are top of the line, Ryan Carlos Rossi type fucking cookies. Man, I mean, those cookies were fantastic. I had a one of my coworkers. Her husband has cancer, um. So like you know he's in the he's in a stage where he stopped doing his um chemo, chemo? and shit like that because it it's not it's not working no more. Yeah. Um. So um. So he doesn't eat very much. And apparently I, I took some to work. Um, she wanted to bring bring some home for him. She gave him the cookie. He started eating it and he didn't give her none. <laughs> <laughs> and these are these are big fucking cookies, like you know what I mean? Like these yeah. are these these are huge, like a, a normal batch of cookies. I can get like two dozen, maybe a little bit more out of like using my cookie scoop. Okay, I'm uh, I am a little bit fancy. I have a cookie scoop. Um, so um, these a whole batch makes eight cookies, where I can normally get two dozen easy. Yeah, yeah if you these, don't send me one of those, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, um, I'm a brass these, your ankles. These cookies are massive. <laughs> they they are massive, but they're but yeah, a, a whole batch is eight cookies. So, uh, two things. One. For a second, the evil part of me thought you were gonna say, "Yeah, my um, my coworker, her husband has cancer, and she took some of my cookies home to him, and he doesn't have cancer no more." <laughs> I wish, man, because I like being. Shout to being, and I um, about this, but and, shout to be. And dude, stop making me feel bad by like actually saying his name and stuff. Now I feel bad because that joke really did let me smile. I gave and then his I was nickname. Like, it's not like I called him by his full name. He's Bean. And then I was like, you know, I like Bean too. He was my favorite character in Ender's Game. But you know what? That's neither here nor there. Um, also, welcome to Return to Oswald. There's only two episodes left. 
Um, after these, I man, let me tell you, the second episode got me, bro. Mm -hmm. I had to take a break. I had to take a break. <laughs> I had to take a break. The first episode like, pissed me off. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm yeah. sorry. Um, and if I gotta walk through 500 yards of shit to get to the moment that you're at, okay, I will do that because this episode, while not shitty, it was shitty. <sighs> first of all, the name of it was fucking forgiveness, and it's not like the num it's not like spelled out for it's the number four giveness and i'm like fuck you because the best number show ever was fucking together together me and you, you forever. forever hold on hold on i know my calculus it <laughs> you plus me equals us Calculus. I love that shit because I mean people don't believe this shit, but like I was a huge fan of like the boy bands and shit like that, like NSYNC and Backstreet Boys and 98 Degrees. I, I stopped at Old Town. Old Town was like, come on, dog. Like <laughs> Old Town was come on, dog. But Old Town, Old Town was the first making a band. Like yeah. let's be honest. Yeah, it was. Old Town was first. Was the first making a band. But yeah, but I I love that shit. Together was fucking hilarious to me. You know what? Just a few days ago, I introduced Kenny, Triple Kenny, Kenny Ken Ken, and his girlfriend. Ken Ken. I introduced them to the magic that was um, them singing Rub One Out. <laughs> it took me a minute to get rubbed one out. I wasn't paying that much attention, but when it hit me and what they were talking about, I was like, whoa, calm down, though. This is now in hindsight, that's some uh Louis CK shit. Rub <laughs> yeah. one out. Do you wanna watch? <laughs> but when it was on, don't worry, it'll be on hindsight pretty soon. Um, Brandon, have can you, you ever can seen you together? even find that? Can yeah, I know. I, I already got a link to it. I already got a okay. link to it. It's it's a done deal. Um, but Robson comes to talk to Schillinger and says, "What else? What else do I need to do to get your fucking respect?" And what like, do you want from me? <laughs> Not the spoon. <laughs> Not the spoon. See, I went Tyrese. You went back to the spoon. Fine. I'm always gonna go to the spoon. The, the, the trick is to realize, Scar, that there is no spoon. You know, I have a question. Yes. Well, I, I'll wait until we get to that part. Okay. So Schillinger's like, you know what? I'm just good with a suicide of Cutler and fucking support me on the bench press. Spot me. And I'm like, that's all it took? That's it? He kills one of your brothers and now he's back in? Like, No, remember the mayor. Yeah. When the, the mayor when the mayor flipped on him, it was like you're an embarrassment to the brotherhood. I'm pretty sure that made him think like, well, fuck the brotherhood then. Like, I'll just do my own thing. Oh, I can see that. Yeah, because I he was balls. like, fuck that dude. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I have balls. I can do what I want to do. I have balls. So yeah, because um, it was the it was the other dude that came to see him that told him, nah, son, chill. And then like his hero. His fucking hero was like, you're a fucking embarrassment. And you're mm -hmm. like, hold on, dog. And it's still off some unconfirmed shit because we don't know who's gum line. <laughs> still don't know. But I'm pretty anyway. sure. I'm pretty sure that I'm pretty sure they're black gums. Well, yeah, me too, but still. So Cutler, we find out, left Miguel literally everything he owned. Like, where where'd this come from? Uh, he left him his house, his car, and his 1942 Indian motorcycle. He nah, didn't this, leave anything this... to his wife, and he got the shit notarized. 
no, nah, this is some bullshit. Here's what it is. This is stupid writer's room shit because it's what's leading, th- this whole storyline is leading Miguel to her. It's not like, how do we get Miguel another fucking storyline? Uh, and then it's just like, do some random shit and like have Cutler leave all of his possessions to Miguel, who we've never seen them interact at all. Exactly. Not one single scene at all. Not ever. Yep. We and Miguel even Miguel. says it. He's like, you know what? I ain't, I ain't, I've rarely spoken to the dude, and I'm not gonna look through a dead guy's things. And Schillinger's like, yeah, I want you to sign everything over to his wife. And Miguel's like, I considered that. And Robson was like, don't consider it, do it. And Miguel was like, you know what? I might sign everything over to you because they already gave him the ass, <laughs> right? <laughs> don't think because you're sitting next to Schillinger, you ain't gonna get these bars. Don't, don't take, don't, don't think that just because you're back in the brotherhood that you ain't get, you ain't get uh, stockinged up real quick. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and so, um, wear stockings with an eye hole cut out, like. <laughs> <laughs> and so this motherfucker Robson goes to talk to his wife I guess I don't know yeah it's his wife okay he goes to talk to his wife and she's like where have you been the last few months and he tells her well things got hectic but that he handled it and now he's back on track and then he tries to like get real handy with her and she's like i don't like that cut that out and he won't stop so she calls him a cocksucker which gives him ptsd because he is and he literally he tried to get her to like come on check me off real quick come on jack me off i need to feel like my stereotypical version of a man i need to feel like yes i need to feel like an alpha male again so i'm gonna make commands of you instead of somebody making commands of me and i need you to go ahead and help me out with that and she was like get off me and he's like no really do it and so she called him a cocksucker and he physically assaulted her and he got thrown into the hole i just want to point out that in this scene what this scene was when i realized they had finally done it they had gotten the getting thrown in the hole scenes to a jazz getting thrown out of the mansion and fresh prince of bel-air type quality like they yeah. slid that nigga across the floor <laughs> <laughs> ah! Ah! <laughs> And he threw the toilet against the wall and everything. I was like, shit, they make them shit in a bucket. That's that's shitty. Um, so then the next thing we find out is our narrators for this episode. Because at first I thought that it was going to be Augustus because he talks at first. But I guess he talks to open up every episode except for the yes. one where Dobson was there because Dobson was only playing music. But um, our narrators for this episode were Hank Schillinger and... Fuck you, Dad! And... <laughs> Their, their conversation was actually pretty good. You know, they talk about forgiveness and, and how important it is to forgive. And I was like, did you forgive your dad, though? Like, you literally went out of your way to um, make him mad. Maybe so he'd notice you or, or you grew and changed and he wouldn't come with you. But for Hank, he literally hated his dad so much. He juked him out of hella money and hella time. So are we talking in hindsight? Because there was no forgiveness. That was that Hank Schillinger? I thought that was the other Schillinger. No, that was both of them. That was, both. That, that was, was both. Hank. Oh. Hank's the younger brother who looks older than his older brother, Andrew. Hank looked like he was about 26, and Andrew like he was about 15 when he was in prison. So, yeah. But they talk about um, how something that 
if you hold on to anger, that is a cause of mental illness. That leads to depression and anxiety. And I was like, this is a really progressive thought process for two Nazis in a show in 2001. Yeah. Like, I was really shocked by that. Um, There's another part where they, where they, they go in deep on, like, the whole sexual assault thing. And I was like, wow, they really right? went there. Right. And so the next part is McManus and the Muslims, which is an 80s pop group name if I ever heard of one. <laughs> as a matter of fact, I'm going to type that shit in the rock band as soon as this episode is over. <laughs> no, nah, nah, my, my, my rock band all got the same name. Shepard. My name is Shepard. No, all of my rock bands are named Shepard. And you have to say it like that, like, like, like Rex. You know what? I approve of that one. I am also a big fan of my all-time favorite, um, blacks and people of color. And then, oh, oh yeah, I had a I had a Guitar Hero band called Heroes on Medium. I can see that because I only really played on Medium. Yeah, <laughs> I can see that one. Um, they put out Augustus's book and they distributed a copy to every inmate. And Bird takes one with sadness, and the Italians are like, fuck you, and they don't take one. Um, Johnny Post is having trouble with the machines, the binding machines. Uh, and Arie says he can't help him because he's underwater trying to figure out how to balance the books. And it turns out they're underwater from paying the inmates minimum wage. So one of the Muslims suggests cutting the pay, and Arif isn't for that idea. But the Muslim asks, then what's the purpose of this company? To make a profit or to humiliate Redding? And from that, we find out that Reginald Rawls, who is the fake-ass Johnny Post-looking motherfucker, was convicted on uh, January 10, 2001 of aggravated assault. This shit was stupid, bro. And he was sentenced to 12 years and up for parole in four and a sheet and a cinder block. That's that's What was strategy? the point of that? I don't understand. I mean, well, I mean, they were they were they were smoking a bowl prior to the to the delivery man. I don't show care me. how much weed I smoke. If I smoke weed, I'm not going to be able to hit you with no, the that, that looked like a crack pipe. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. That wasn't like crack pipe. That one, that one like a regular bowl. That was a crack pipe. I'm saying one of them put the sheet over the, the delivery man and then held him while the other one backed up with a fucking cinder block and just bashed it into his face. Yeah. That's your murder <laughs> weapon. It's a but cinder they block. But they got aggravated assault. That's not he didn't die. Right? I mean, this is but this <laughs> is on the same level as putting a sheet over his head and holding him down. And dropping a fucking Acme anvil on his head. Like, what the fuck are you doing with a cinder block? Why yeah, do we that have shit needed this? To come with, that shit needed to come with some sound effects. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Boy. <laughs> he dropped the cinder block on him. And <laughs> like, what the fuck came up with this idea? Was it, was it Johnny or... <laughs> Was it Johnny or was it fucking homeboy who came up with the fucking idea to that's use one, these that's, fucking that's sound the effects? Only, that's the only that's the only one of the sound effects I know how to do. Oh man, it was it was it was good. It was good. I won't even front. That was that was that was my, and my, my Dr. Claw used my Dr. Claw used to be pretty good, but I can't I don't think I can pull it off right now. <clears throat> no, I want to hear it. <clears throat> Let's see if I can pull it off. I'll get you get it next time. That's fucking fantastic. 
That is fucking fantastic. Do you want to hear my Darth Vader? <laughs> sure. <laughs> so them niggas dropped a fucking cinder block or not even dropped a cinder block they just ran at him with a cinder block and bashed him in the head and then sat down and ate dinner like you ain't got a body in your fucking apartment yeah and, and like i said they said the charge was aggravated assault so he didn't die Right. So, what the fuck? <laughs> they just dumbasses. So, Redding he looked dead. It was in a puddle of blood. He looked dead as fuck. But it's just like when Redding was shooting people in the uh, when they showed how he got in the jail. People didn't die, I guess. Yeah, he shot all those people, but he didn't get hit with murder. With pinpoint accuracy, too. Right. So, uh, Redding wants Johnny to come on back home to him. <laughs> he basically hit him off with the. Uh, I'm on bended knee. I'm down on my knees. <laughs> Can you please come home? Baby, I'm sorry, baby. But then he he switched <laughs> up when when the baby I'm sorry didn't hit and he went straight old person on like I ain't asking for a lot. Right? Yeah, this I I helped y'all out with everything and it's the thanks I get. Fine. And he went straight petty, went straight to Chucky and was like, yo, if you see one of my boys selling drugs, don't kill them, but deter them from ever doing it again. <laughs> and Chucky was like, do you want us to kill him? And Reddy was like, no, just make sure they don't make that mistake again. So I figured the next step is. Hey, Tiger, give him the Why does Bird talk out the side of his mouth? Because he's talking out the side of his neck every time he opens up his lips. Why does he talk like that? Why is, he, you... why is the actor no, no, no. to do that? Why did, why did I never realize that um, what's, his, what's his name? The old the old dude um, the old dude who was killed by Nat. Nat, 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 Nat. Nat, Nat, was, Nat Natalie, Napa. Yeah, Napa. Why does Napa sound like White Bird? <laughs> he just don't talk out the side of his mouth. They sound they they talk similarly. I I am just happy that that nigga's whole role in Breaking Bad was ringing a fucking bell, because I don't want to hear him talk ever again after that one episode ever. where he was a narrator. I am fucking done ever. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, Rawls and Poet are talking about getting back into the drug game and taking out Chucky. And Omar asks, hey, man, y'all want to come play ball with me? And Paul's like, drop dead. Drop dead, Omar. Drop dead. Fuck you, dude. I'm like, what the fuck did Omar do? What the fuck did Omar do to y'all niggas? Like, wait, what? I think his beef was with the Muslims right now. Right? And so next up, we see Lemuel Idzik uh, convicted on 2203 of murder in the second degree, life without parole. He'll be in Unit J, and you'd introduce himself, and Idzik disses him, so he'll be dead soon. That's the way it always works out. Also, I'm getting sick and tired of them introducing characters like in the last fucking episodes, the last two episodes before the fucking series is over. But Omar comes to see Arif and tells him that Idzik is in Oz, and Arif's like, I already knew that. And Omar's like, what are we going to do? And Arif's like, I promised Leo that no harm would come to Idzik from the Muslims. And I want you, Omar, to do the same. But Omar ain't a Muslim. And he tells yeah. Arif, you don't own me. Not one little bit. And then he dips out. 
Schillinger goes to deliver the mail to Unit J and tells Idzik that the Brotherhood is grateful for what he did to Saeed. And Idzik's like, you know I'm Jewish, right? <laughs> he said that shit down real fast. Right? And, so, and, and Schillinger was like, you know what? I knew there was something good about some of you, good use for some of you people. Yeah, this shit is just weird. Like they, it's like the show was about to end and they didn't explain none of this. Every time he explains himself, it's just a bunch of gobbledygook. And it's just he, like, we need more, we we need you to explain this shit because we don't have enough time to draw this shit up. Right. And he said he killed Saeed because of water. And the shit that he said was so fucking stupid that Schillinger was like, you should have played insane. Exactly. <laughs> Omar asked McManus for a face-to-face with Idzik, and McManus saw right through him from the gate and was like, why? So you could choke him out? No. Fucking dumbass. Um, the next step after that is that we have a meeting where uh, Leo's talking with all of the COs, and Murphy is who, you know, I called him an asshole, and even if he does something good from this point forward, he's still an asshole, but he had a, he had a moment where he goes and he tells uh, Leo about what happened with um, Morales. I don't know. Out of all the COs there, he's by far the best one. He's by far the best one, but he's also, like, like he's the best one, I think, in my opinion. I think he's the best one because he's also a connection of McManus. Yes. He is, he is the CO version of McManus. Yeah, so it's like if McManus chose somebody to be his friend, it was going to be somebody who was at the level or the mindset of Murphy. Warden, can I have a minute? Sure. I've been a CEO a lot of years, and in that time, I've, I've done some things I regret. We all have, Sean. Occupational hazard. Yeah, what I mean is that we spend a lot of time trying to get the prisoners to rat each other out, yet when it comes to us, there's this code of silence which you're about to break yeah i don't envy you right now yeah who dave brass he killed carlos martinez no 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 but dave lied about talking to martinez the night he died there was no deathbed confession martinez never implicated morales in the cutting of dave's tendons so that's the real reason you asked me to move Morales to the hospital. Well, I still think that Dink is guilty. But there's no proof. We dumped him in solitary unjustly. Worse. Um, Dave, Claire Howell, and myself, we, uh, we're the ones who cut up Morales' ankles. Sound effects, bro. I suspected that uh, Brass was involved and that Howell allowed it to happen. But you, Sean... Dave was my pal. You know, Morales fucked up his life forever. Okay. Thank you. That's it. Thanks. I'll uh, discipline the three of you, but how exactly, I don't know yet. Sean. Yeah. It takes balls. What you just did. Well, I didn't become a zookeeper just to behave like one of the animals. It takes a little more to I never was. say never. It takes a little more of what is deep inside. I give Dave Brass credit for that. Dave Brass, fuck that nigga. 
big credit. Nah, I'm with I'm with you. I get I give I give him credit for being for for being a stand up dude. Once you talking about Murphy, finish. right? Not Dave Brass. Fuck that I mean, nigga. Yeah, Murphy. Murphy. Not, yeah, Murphy. I'm just making sure we on the same fuck it's, that nigga page. Yeah, yeah Murphy. <laughs> nah, that, yeah, because you know once he found out he got duped, like you know he did the thing and let Morales go, and then like I guess that shit just kept fucking with him. So yeah, and I mean he did it at risk of his job at risk of his livelihood he was like i gotta do the right thing and that's some stand-up shit so when i called him a piece of shit in the last episode i fucking meant it but he could still be a piece of shit in that moment and still make up for it and just have that flash because he said he was doing it for his boy and i realized that there are situations where you gotta ride for your folks even if you know it's not the right thing to do because of the severity of the situation so. i wasn't that against it what he did to morales I mean, Morales did fuck that nigga's life up. Well, have, I mean, but, honestly, but to and, them and, they have no proof. And and honestly, in the pecking order of things, if he's gonna fuck up Morales, he also needs to fuck up McManus because McManus. We talk about proof up. like it's a criminal investigation. We're talking about street behavior at this point, right? But I mean, because they we know that know nigga what, did it. We only know what happens because we're on the outside looking in. Yeah. yeah, but they know he did it. What they were trying to do was find proof to charge him criminally. Or whatever, and they couldn't find not him. Dave they were just like, Dave, Dave Brass just lying. Yeah, he, and Dave Brass was trying to find out what the fuck was going on on some I need my revenge shit. This is this the only reason why he came back to fucking odds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's street justice. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck that nigga. Fuck that nigga forever. Fuck that nigga. Shawnee Mr. Vengeance. Mad at the man getting vengeance. Hey, you know what? One of the things that'll be on my tombstone will probably be the funk ain't over till somebody dies. <laughs> and I'm <getting> vengeance. <laughs> that man was just getting vengeance said, on a horrible you said, person. You said it was on your tombstone, so and I'm there. So I guess it's yeah, I guess it's over. Yeah, yeah. Also, also on my tombstone will be sausage and pepperoni. Did they kill Morales off camera? Yeah, so let's talk about that in just a second. Um, Leo doesn't know how to discipline him, and he releases Morales back into M-City, but he actually gets sent to the medical ward, and he tells Leo straight up, yo, Nurse Grace, she scares me. Nobody scares me. You might want to be aware of who the fuck you got working in here. And Leo laughs and waves him off. Yes, Cuban V. Like he, Cuban, he Cuban V's the fuck out of this conversation. It's just like if you scared of this little old lady, like he's like, <laughs> he's like nigga, calm, so, calm the fuck down. Basically, two steps forward and two steps back. But before we get to the part where uh Morales finds out he was right, Brass comes in and talks to Reba though. Um I, I didn't understand this shit at all. And I just I want to play this because I hate Brass so much, even more after what he fucking tried to pull off. Hey, Reba Dow. What did you want? Didn't I give you all the money that was left from that lottery? Gonna pause right there. Didn't I give you all the money that was left? Yeah. From the lottery. So fuck you, part one. Sorry, let's go. Too late to save my grandson. You blame me, but you shouldn't. Who then? Morales. 
He had Martinez cut me, which screwed with my head, which made me take off with your winnings. He's the bastard you should hate. There's room in my heart for both of you. Yeah, no. That's some gangster shit right there, first of all. Second of all, he made Martinez cut my ankles with screw with my head, which made me take off with your money. Don't make no sense. None. And, oh, fuck that dude. Fuck that dude so, so much. I just, I hate brass. Yeah. Well, Morales is on his way back to M City. And I got fined and suspended. A solid month of no pay, no benefits. You think I can afford that? I just got married, for Christ's sake. I'll repeat my question. What do you want? For me to feel sorry for you? No chance. So what was he expecting him to do? Like, uh, did you want him to pay you? Did you want him to kill Morales? Like, what exactly was the yeah. overall goal here? Yeah, like I don't, I don't understand this shit at all. And then walks out the door and fuck you, Murphy, and flicks him off. Like, okay, come on, bro. Like, we're we're getting um, is this what we're doing? Like, in 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 front of everybody, you just walking out saying fuck you, Murphy, because he actually stood up and said that you lied. Like, you're lucky you still have your job. For Leo to say all he did was took away two weeks of vac or a week of vacation from them and a paycheck, maybe. Nah. No, nah. well, we 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 just well, first of all, he brought the place probably needs guards. Um, then but like the idea that we don't know how long they suspended for. Yeah, but Claire because said Claire told Murphy all I lost was a week of vacation, but fuck you anyway for being a bleeding heart. Yeah, it's you know, time and Oz is kind of you know what i thought that too but in a second it's going to show that no time has passed at all so um mcmanus comes up and talks to murphy he's on his high horse like he never did anything wrong and murphy agrees with him on everything he says which makes mcmanus matter and murphy's like maybe i should transfer out of m city and maybe i should just quit my job and pisses mcmanus off even more he's like stop feeling stop agreeing with me and so McManus is like, we're going to go to dinner this evening and you're paying. Also, it's, I still don't trust you. It's, it was, it's the first episode of Martin. You know what I mean? Get to Stefan. I'm going to be all right. <laughs> when she tries to walk away. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, that's basically what happened. Like, he wanted to be mad at him, but it was just like, you know, like, I don't I don't know if I can trust you. But then all of a sudden, he was just like, but you did the right thing. So I know I can trust you. I just want to be mad right now. Mm -hmm. I want to be free. And Murphy looked like he was going to cry and shit. Um, the next thing that happened after that, in the line of things that make no sense in this uh, show, there's more. Uh, nurse... Grace, which is such a great name for somebody who has none, right, comes in and confesses to uh, Morales about killing uh, Martinez. And oh my God, the monologuing. Morales. Morales. I'm sorry to disturb you. That sedative I gave you was pretty strong, huh? Yeah. It's a precaution. You're a big fella. 
I didn't want to struggle. Strong? Martinez was so weak, he couldn't fight me. But you... Say your prayers, Enrique. No, don't. You're just like Martinez, a nasty man who deserves to die. So I'm like, I'm like, mother, Aaron Hall is here, right? She just smothered him with the with with the pillow, and all they did was gave a red line on it, like there was nothing more to it. Yeah, it went by so fast, I didn't even notice it. Right? It's just like, yo, what the fuck? Like, and then, oh, Leo, and then you're not gonna have anybody in there just to be safe. Like, I thought Leo was gonna come in at the last minute and be like, "Gotcha, motherfucker." Right, but but then like the worst part about it is like next thing you know, autopsy's done. Like, mm-hmm. so he really dead, dead, dead. Yeah. Uh, Norma takes her. Wait, what the? You know what? No, no, not you, Scar. Not that. I know we're one of the last fucking episodes. I don't care about that at this point in time. I just want to say real quick, what the fuck? Like a nurse? That's who you're gonna have kill Morales? Not Chico. Not Alvarez. Not Burr. Not poet. None of them, not Chucky. I think a, a lot fucking of, I, nurse who's on a Dexter trip. Yeah, I You're think a, a nasty lot of man. So I'm gonna be a serial killer. Uh, Are I there think, no cameras in the fucking hospital? And you, we do realize that there's no cameras anywhere except for at the front. But gate. in the hospital ward, dog. Really? What? What? They ain't even front, front cameras at the front gate because of the fucking dude that killed Saeed. Like right. God damn, this is the worst prison ever. Yeah. And like the, the rate at which people are dying. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, and, and the rate at which people have died over the course of all of these seasons. Like, yo, your man should have been fired. <laughs> like, it should have been fired. And, and you know what? It, around the time where he should have been fired, I was still on his side. Mm-hmm. But the warden, fuck that nigga, the warden, yo. That's all right. That nigga. We got we got next episode. So um Norma takes her daughter to meet the mole and the baby's walking. So I don't know how long she it's been since she's last seen this motherfucker. But, but remember he, when when she when she seen uh when she seen him and she was pregnant, she was about to have that baby then. Okay. And like it's been months, according according to the way that they say oh, it's been six months since blah 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 whatever. Uh, it's been months. So he sees this baby who walks over to him, and and and, and you know babies are adorable. Most babies are adorable. I did see a baby once who was so fucking ugly it made me lose a fucking video game. I had to go and find them while they were walking through the casino Bruh. and ask my fucking money back. Bruh, I got called the worst person in the world when I tried to explain how ugly a baby was. It was like, you can't be calling babies ugly. Oh, yes, the fuck I can. And newborns are hideous. Yes. And luckily for me, this this <laughs> this little boy, this little boy grew into his face. Like, right? you know what I mean? Oh <laughs> my God. I saw this one kid who literally when he was born was 95% ears. And I was just like, how the fuck? Like, did they wrap him in those like a blanket? <laughs> like he hasn't even, one nigga, his forehead was like a Vulcan. Like his forehead was like war. Like it then, just. What about the ones where they like, they, and have, like are, extra, are, they have like extra hair on their forehead all the way down to their fucking eyebrows. And you're like, who the fuck does that? Like, wh- why is this a thing? I, like, I swear to God, kids 
are made in Heaven's production line, and every so often there's an error. And I'm not talking about any children with developmental issues or anything like that. I'm just talking about the kids who are born who have like that long ass the back of the head because I gotta use a vacuum, and the kids with the fur coating, and the kids with the oh, it's like, it's like the person who sequenced their DNA was like the uh the, like the Soul Train scramble board, and they didn't get the shit done in time. <laughs> No, no. It was like that part in fucking uh, I Love Lucy where they were at the chocolate factory and the chocolate just kept coming out so they started eating the shit. People, we need to normalize letting you know that your babies aren't cute. I shouldn't have to lie to you because you want to feel good about your ugly ass kid. Yeah. And you just know what? Fucking, just, look, I'm, COVID's look, going on. Keep your fucking kid inside until they're presentable. You know what? I'm just gonna I'm just gonna southern grandma and bless their heart and go bless they, bless their heart. When when grandma says bless your heart, just take your earrings off, ladies, because it's go time. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, I asked my money back and I, they didn't give me my money back, which made me mad because it was a one dollar game. But I looked over my shoulder and saw that baby. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> what in the fuck? Like, <laughs> nigga, you cheated. You saw that baby. <laughs> you went from Rashani to Bernie Mac real fucking fast. Oh what in the God. fuck is that? <laughs> <sighs> so the mole is like, um, your baby's so cute. I want to be in your life. And Norma basically hits him off with the wind getting no younger. She's like, good, because she needs a father. We might as well do it. Right. Do it. She needs a father and we ain't getting no younger. Will you marry me? Agamemnon. She must confess. Rebidow stops working in the library because Stella has the cancer. McManus asks why he's leaving the library and he just walks away. And then just Rebidow stops showing up in the library. One more tunnel. He need to build one more tunnel to make this show whole. Agamemnon, yeah, he gonna dig one more to be with his uh girl, and and that's about it. I mean, that's the first place they're gonna look. <laughs> I don't know why at? they think they they you know they think that she's fucking Miss Sally in real life. We ain't seen Sally size in a couple episodes either. Uh, but then. Stella doesn't know why Rebidow stopped working in the library, but McManus is like, it's probably because his grandson died of leukemia. And oh, how come we never found out why Rebidow can talk to God? It's just one of those things. It's just one of those things. Ghetto, 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 goes ghetto. through. Have you ever noticed they call her ghetto through that whole fucking song? Yes, uh, right about <laughs> the same time that. Um, I realized that on on Peace of My Love, they call her a dumb bitch. Bruh. That well, that's old. Like we did do that. Dumb bitch. Like he he, he just slides that Whoa. shit. Yeah, he slides that shit in there real quick. It just keeps it moving. And really, that whole song is about him being a player. Baby, yeah. you can't have all of me because I'm not totally free. Dumb bitch. I'm trying to tell you. I got a few little things that's going on. Aaron Hall is a terrible person. He's a horrible person. And Teddy Riley was like, let me get a beat for this. (laughs) So Pablo liked Balfour. He especially liked the invasion of privacy that the character committed on an unknowing victim. And Stella's like, that's not cool. And then she talks to him about Fear of Flying, which is a book about women. Rebidow comes into the library and Stella talks to him or tries to talk to him, but he keeps ignoring her. So... 
Bricks comes up and literally throws him up against the library books like, yo, she's talking bricks. to you, motherfucker. Same this, is, this nigga the new Bricks. Come this on, nigga's bro. the new Bricks because Rebidow has problems with teenagers. <laughs> and this and nigga threw him up against the wall and was like, you better respect her. She's also, a ball bird. All of a sudden, and, and, and remember, Bricks also teed off on Rebido. Mm-hmm. Bricks also had his life changed once he learned how to read. Like, mm-hmm. this is Bricks, nigga. Mm-hmm. You didn't see that, Brandon? <laughs> no, I didn't see that. Yeah, I'm this sorry, nigga, I got this you here, dog. Is the Bricksiest Bricks. Yes, he's the Bricks of all Bricks. So this nigga center blocks. So after he got thrown <laughs> against the delivery man's dome. So after he gets thrown up against the wall by young bricks, now he's walking. Now he's walking McManus's maze too. <laughs> McManus's maze. I didn't know that it was gonna be a full-on theme for this season. They really need to make the fucking every time somebody walks that maze, they need to play the fucking incredible Hulk uh closing theme music. Nah, man. <laughs> That's always the like fuck. <laughs> I'm talking the old credit like the Lou Ferrigno incredible hulk. Every episode, everything's still fucked up. And he's just walking away with his bag over his shoulder looking sad as fuck. Do, do, Nah, I got you. Every single time they walk the fucking maze, they need to play this music. Because it's a real, like, he's really poignant and really just thinking and deep thought and all that I'll kind t- of shit. I'm telling you. That, do you know the song I'm talking about? I'm going to find it right now. I'm going to find it. Incredible Hulk. Closeout music, I guess. Was it the end music? The ending, the ending thing, yeah. Okay. And it's literally called a lonely man. That is fucked up. I told you. Holy shit! <laughs> <laughs> That's like mankind's music after he wins. Oh my god, that is horrible ending music. <laughs> Like, why the fuck? Um, so yeah, you win. That works. So he's walking <laughs> it like that. Um, a random guy says that he was paid to distract the cops so Mayor Lowen could be murdered, but that makes him guilty of murder. So he's going to death row. So he makes a statement against random inmate two, Brant. And he's basically caught dead to rights. All this guy can say is that everyone's a liar, but then they hit him with the double team, and so he blames CO Johnson who just happened to buy a Jaguar recently on a CO salary. And when stupid, stupid. every movie that I've seen, they say, don't spend the money too quickly. You got to wait a little bit till things die down. Don't buy big purchases. Don't do nothing extravagant or stupid. I'm going to go buy a Jaguar. Yeah. And so, so you have to make a stupid decision. Exactly. And so Leo tells him that Brand confessed but we lied to Brand. We told him that, that his partner confessed, which was a lie. And Johnson's like, that's good. And he's like, it's even better. Johnson said that you were involved. And I don't believe that. Do you? And Johnson's like, nah, man. <laughs> and Leo's like, good. And he walks out. And as soon as he leaves out the room, Johnson gets on the phone. This nigga gets right on the fucking phone in the prison. What like, are you doing, sir? 
But at the same time, right now, the prison doesn't have the best track record of recording calls. Accurate. But still, <laughs> I wouldn't take that fucking risk. Oh, no. Like, no, that, not at all. Nigga, this 2002. Where that, the fuck is your cell phone? That phone, call, that phone call does not come from inside of the house. Like, Where your fuck, cell phone at, dog? Where, where your friend's cell phone at? Where a burner at? It's like, this nigga had to dial nine and everything. Like, get the fuck out of here. And so, <laughs> Johnson, good, you know what? That's a better question. Why has there only been one cell phone this entire show? Exactly. And it's been an inmate having it. Yeah, I don't remember seeing another cell phone at all. You know what's funny is I'm sure that back in those days, they thought cell phones were just going to be a flash in the pan thing. They were going to die out. What like cell phones, cell phones have been out. I was going to say like cell phones weren't that shoulder case that niggas were carrying around back in like 86. <laughs> so Tommy Kirk's mom is flirting with Father Ray. She's going to work at Oswald as a volunteer nurse. Also, she considers Ray her really good friend. Remember, we got Three episodes left until the end of the fucking show. Hoyt wakes up bleeding. Me too. Hoyt wakes up bleeding. He has hematidosis, which means he sweats blood under extreme stress, and Ray compares him to Jesus. Cyril throws up from electric shock, uh, so he gets taken out of death row and gets taken into the hospital ward. Now this is this is the scene that I kept saying when y'all kept talking about Jericho that I thought I was like this shit is gonna get worse. His alter ego talking shit <laughs> for him when nobody can fucking hear him and everybody else around him is fucking frozen. I was just like, where did this come from? Why is he doing this? Because he was like, I like Jericho. I feel like I need more to do. So can I have Jericho come talk for me? And they were like, yeah, whatever. Don't you fucking ignore me. You think because I'm slow that I don't know what's going on. I have to go to the bathroom. Listen to me, you fucking asshole. I'm gonna shit in my pants. Help me. You know, hold on. Was that supposed to be Jericho? I'm guessing that's the personality that was created when Jericho was created. But also, I'm not going to play that any further because I literally did show shit on the bed and I don't want to see that again. But also, part two, I can't look at this at at whatever this Winters brother's name is in real life. I can't look at him with long hair talking normally and not think of him as Cyril. Like when he was like too late, I'm like, oh God, he still looks like Cyril. Like he's just talks normally, but I expect him to not. It's a weird thing. And then like the suit and stuff that he was wearing, it was just kind of weird. Like this is this is what this is what Cyril imagines himself to be. Mm-hmm. He imagines like, you know, himself to be a badass sock puppet. Joffrey's ex is recruited by the brothers to lead them. And uh, from one old man to another, I guess. Uh, and he says, you know what? Do y'all know how I got arrested? I got arrested because my ex-wife was planning on leaving the country with my baby. And so I went to the daycare and picked her up. And for that, I got arrested for uh, kidnapping. He was like, I love my children. I got 16 of them motherfuckers. And I was like, holy shit. But then he kept talking. And he was like, so I, I wouldn't. Was a rolling stone. Who has 16 children? Joffrey. And so he oh, was like, um, the, 
Yeah, he said he said he had, he said he had all those kids, and he said and and he, he's raising his kids to be good people, and nothing. Of Which means I'm with the drugs, and I'm with this shit that y'all are trying to get me down with. So I'm good. I'm not gonna lead y'all. And he just dips out, and I was like, okay, cool. What Next was he in prison for again? Kidnapping for, his daughter for, from the for, daycare kid, center. Kidnapping his daughter. They say assault also, but we didn't see the assault. All yeah. we saw was him picking up his daughter from daycare and them looking for the daughter. And so the next thing that happens is that we see that Ryan is uh, jealous of Suzanne and Joffrey. He doesn't appreciate the fact that the that that Joffrey uh, brushed him off. And in the midst of him saying that he doesn't appreciate it, he calls him a wanker. He's just another fucking wanker. I, I never. I love that word. I, I never I never would have thought that I would have heard a version of that that's better than British people saying it. But hearing an American guy who has almost a Boston accent saying the word wanker just made me and so goddamn happy. He's just Shout out to the fucking wanker. And white people, according to the boondocks, say the whole word like <laughs> this. <laughs> wanker. He's just another fucking wanker. He's just another fucking wanker. <laughs> fucking wanker. So <laughs> Suzanne's like, you called him a wanker with the whole syllable. Please don't hurt him. And Ryan's like, why do you think I would do that? And shout out to the listener on Twitter who was like, I'm just going through the first season. And I thought Ryan was a good person. <laughs> yeah, they was like, they said Ryan was the best. And they said he gets away with everything. And I was like, no, 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 no. He, he said, no, he said Ryan never gets caught. Ryan never gets caught. Nothing will catch up to him. Shout out to Hippie Mom. I'm head of the class. I never get caught. And it's like, oh, just wait. Um, yeah. But we also find out that Joffrey and Redding knew each other out of Oz. And I'm like, how many of these motherfuckers know each other outside of Oz? Because that means Augustus knew Joffrey, which means Poet knows Joffrey. And it just gets stupid from that point on. But anyway. But I mean, Poet would probably be the one who has set up that meeting with the brothers. Yeah. And so Joffrey doesn't believe that Redding is trying to change his ways. And Redding tells Ryan because Ryan's like, somebody should kill that dude. And Redding's like, if you really want to kill him, Ryan, you should pin him into your mom, Suzanne's murder or your mom's case. Look it up. There's three episodes left, you motherfuckers. And, and nothing happens after that. Zero. That's that, that, that shit's dead right there. Agent Keller and uh, Agent Taylor, sorry, and Keller talk and Keller teases Agent Taylor, Taylor about him paying off Heakin. So Taylor punches him in the face. And he's like, I got two more bodies, and I'm going to catch you on one of them. I mean, so, honestly, he, he really has a hard on for this dude. Right. Next thing that happens is that after that is that Beecher uh, goes to talk to Harry Stanton. And when he showed up, I thought he was going to talk to him about Martin Montgomery. I really thought that he was still there for a fucking murder trial. I did. But it turns out that he's there about labor law. And I was like, where the fuck did this come from? But... Beecher's like, you know what? I'm gonna go ahead and uh, get. I got. I got some shit up my sleeve. He goes to uh, Leo and he's like, uh, "Labor laws are broken." Uh, Leo's like, "The CEOs will be reprimanded," but Beecher's like, "No, I want feel, full rehabilitation for Stanton and some other things, and I want the two CEOs fired." And Leo's like, "All right, they'll be fired today." No, at first Leo, sure. was like, Leo was like, "Nah, son, that's not gonna happen." He was just like. 
You sure you want to do this? Sure you want to think about this? You know what? You're right. Think about this. He fired them, but for cutting the man's Achilles off, they got a week's vacation taken away. But they're already this the uh, there. There was nobody saying I'm gonna file a lawsuit for Morales, and Morales is dead now. So, yep. Lawsuits never failed if never failed to work or never failed to uh, not inspire Leo to do the right thing. Exactly. Um. So then Dr. Nathan is like, yeah, you're really good at this, Beecher. And Beecher's like, you ain't seen nothing yet. But <laughs> Sister Peter's talking to Keller and Keller's like, I miss Beecher. And you need to help people like Beecher does. And Keller's like, you gave me an idea, sister. So he goes and talks to Beecher in the um, visiting room. And Beecher's talking about his, his kids and his kids, his, and his daughter's teacher and all that kind of shit. And he admits he's fucking his daughter's teacher. And Keller's like, cool, cool, cool. I need you to go get this super illegal drug that's going to say Bonnie, one of my ex-wives. And Beach was like, nah. And he's like, please, man, it's for Bonnie, one of my ex-wives. And Beach was like, okay, cool. Give me the information and I'll do it. And I was like, you know what? You should just walk out the fucking jail and never come back. But instead, he walks out and I guess he's actually going to do it because love. And Keller goes straight to the phone and calls an inspector. Uh, and like, Yo. No, he calls he calls the FBI agent. He calls the dude that he was just taunting. And he was like, I know about a drug sting that's about to, or I know about a drug deal that's about to happen. And the next <laughs> thing that happens is Beecher essentially gets hit with the cinder block of love. And he's back in jail. Beecher's this was garbage. Dumbass. This shit pissed me off. This ruined the episode for me. It was and so me too. fucking garbage. And he was like, same old thing. I got fucked in the ass again. The he, end. Beach, Beecher is fucking stupid. But then again, like I said from the very beginning, this show is about Beecher to me. And so it's not like the same of Beecher's free. Yep. Even though there's only three episodes left. I would murder Keller at this juncture, or I'd snitch. I would snitch. Even if you snitch, though, you're still, like, fucked in the game, but golly. I can't say what I know. Yo, like, golly. Oh, oh, also, I'm sorry. In the midst of um, Keller trying to convince uh, Beecher that he should help him out, he was like, yo, man, you gotta help me out, because I killed... This nigga really did manually chop and screw this fucking thing. <laughs> and you know what? I realized how it could have been better because it should have said, hey, hey, it's Frank, Frank, Lynn, Lynn. That's the chop and screw version, right? You can't lie. That would be it. So if it said, hey, hey, it's Frank, Frank, Lynn, Lynn, instead of this. So I missed the Frank Frank part. But other than that, yeah, I got it. This thing really chopped and screwed this thing himself. I'm proud. Aren't you proud of me? We should be proud of each other. We'll be back. Um, 
I'm proud, of you. I'm, I'm proud of you for other things. I can't say that I'm proud of you for this. Man, that shit is dope. Just wait till I put the baseline behind it. <laughs> we'll be back after this brief break. Hey, everybody. This is John Allure, host of Who Killed Teresa? We cover Quebec crime. Everything you want to know about the police and justice in the province of Quebec, Canada. You can check us out on any of your major podcast platforms. That's Who Killed Teresa? I'm the host, John Allure. Have yourselves a great, great day. Welcome to Vodka and Ghosts. Viewer discretion is advised. No, it's not death. No, I'm just It's playing. life without your limbs. <laughs> I'll never Maybe. be able to give a hug or a high five. No, but you know when people amputate like limbs, they have like the ghost feeling like it's there. So you could, I could like, I could just lean against your chest and you, you'd feel like you're hugging me. No, I didn't feel it. So my ghost limbs would be hugging you back? Your ghost limbs, you'd feel like you're actually hugging me, but in actuality, I'm just laying on your torso. make this game i sound like such a dick but it was fun want to hear more check us out wherever you listen to podcasts now do you love movies then you love the movie chef podcast whoa, whoa what was that that's my professional podcasting voice for the trailer well you sound very stupid Okay, well, we need to tell people that we're two movie fans who cook up movie-themed podcasts and, and... And special episodes on Sundays. Yeah, as well as movie menus of all our favourite topics. And diving into internet rabbit holes. Yeah, as well as movie news and trailer reactions every Thursday. And our sexual awakenings about Patrick Swayze. And our sexual awakenings... Wait, what? Listen, j- just tell them who we are, what we do, and where you can find us. The Movie Chef Podcast, where we make a meal out of movies. Find us on Apple, Spotify, Anchor, and more. Better? No. Hey, y'all, hey. It's your girl, Tamara Dawn, host of Tamara Till the Break of Dawn podcast. Now join me every Thursday on your favorite podcast platform and hop on my train of thought as I talk about the foolishness I'm going through and the ways I'm trying to grow. You can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Tamara underscore the underscore Dawn. Now every other letter is an A in Tamara, but make sure y'all check me out every Thursday on your favorite podcast platform. Hello and welcome to Stolen From Me by Lindsay, a true crime weekly podcast and YouTube channel. I've covered such cases as Molly McLaren, Susan Kappa and Gemma Hater. 
Each week, we take a look at each individual case and try to bring as much awareness to it as possible. You can find me on all your favourite podcast platforms and YouTube at Stolen From Me by Lindsay. Thank you and see you all soon. Goodbye. never thought I'd say this this far into this show I never did and you know what I'm gonna say this might have been the best episode of Oz that I've ever fucking seen motherfucker I was balling right I was I'm, 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 I'm literally just thinking about it right now I'm like dude like I was balling like luckily for me uh, these days at work, people leave. Uh, everybody leaves early, and for the last about hour or so, I'm usually there by myself. I had to lock up and go to the fucking bathroom and just let that shit out. Like, and then like, and then like, the worst part about it is like, towards the end of the episode, where I'm like, I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to hold it, and people keep calling because you know I, I work at a moving company. I answer the phone pr- primarily. Um, And, like, I'm having to talk to people and, like, trying not to let my voice crack. Like, I was fucked up, dog. Like, real fucked up. This shit don't feel good right now. That's what I was about to say. Like, right now, I'm still trying to get a grip on it because there's something visceral about the idea that your brother on the show is about to die, but it's also your brother in real life who yeah. doesn't understand. You got to ex- explain it to him like he's a six-year-old, what's about to happen to him. And so while you know what's about to happen, you have to lie to him so you don't, so you have to spare his feelings at the expense of your feelings. So That's- then he doesn't panic. This is the second highest rated episode on IMDb. This should be the highest rated episode. I am deadly serious. Like, fuck that entire first half. Fuck Nurse Grace getting arrested, even though it was funny when she flew off the handle. It was just like, you Spanish cunt! That was <laughs> right. funny. I had that right up there with Martin Montgomery. I had mm-hmm. that all up there together, but I'm not doing sound effects. I think the, the highest the highest rated episode is was the first one. <laughs> no, is the highest rated episode is the uh, the start of the um, the start of the riot. Okay, it's the riot. It's the riot episode. That's the highest rated episode. But this is second. This was. It wasn't all good. Obviously, no. it wasn't all good, and we saw things get set up at the beginning that we know is going to play out in the next two episodes uh which is uh <laughs> Schillinger <laughs> and Beecher ma- or Schillinger and Keller making up because now a friend of my friend or uh enemy of my enemy is my friend and shit um the the whole you mean the next episode 
<laughs> no, there's two more episodes. No, 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 no. A lot of this stuff is gonna play out in the next episode. <laughs> okay, good. Um, because uh also uh CO Johnson uh getting told that he needs to kill Leo Glenn uh after he kills uh William, whatever the fuck the random inmate's name is, William Brandt. He tells like Perry tells him, look, because Leo's doing too much investigating for once. <laughs> and so Perry tells him, look, you got to kill William Brandt. And Johnson's like, I thought so, too. And he kills him. And then he's like, and you got to kill Leo. And I'm like, OK. But, you know, Miguel meets uh, Cutler's wife, who's white. I don't really know what else to say. Like, she she literally calls him her husband, like the first time she meets him. And I don't know what to say about this shit. It was like, it felt like stinking ass Scott Ross's sister part two. Brandon, I'm watching you to see if you're saying something. Like, I'm looking to see if you got insights on uh, Miguel's new love affair because she was like, I was lying in your bed last night thinking of how to ask you for help. Like, come on, y'all land this on hella thick. Um, I don't think she likes Miguel. I think she does. I think that it's about she to turn to. Of course, she wants the money, but still, the way that he was looking at her when she was walking away, and the way that she was looking at him, they're gonna try and force feed us a relationship out of this shit, as well as a relationship where Pablo is like, "Yo, Ribado, you can't treat you can't treat Stella like a bitch. She's a good woman, and just because you know you think she's gonna die of breast cancer, my mama had breast cancer and survived." And I'm like, "Dude, like that's different. You are living from the eyes of somebody who saw survival in breast cancer. He's living with the eyes of somebody who saw death and leukemia. Those are two different roads. So he goes in and he tells Stella, like, I, I, I love you. And she's like, you don't love me. If And, and the stuff you said where you like, you understand about uh, cancer, when this all wears off, you ain't going to understand again. And I got a lumpectomy coming up in like four days so i can't be around you right now and i'm like damn okay y'all are acting like kids like y'all ain't getting no younger you might as well do it like 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 uh agamemnon and whatever his wife's name is um yeah dr nathan comes and tells uh leo that uh morales was suffocated and so was martinez and then leo's like oh yeah Morales did mention to me that Nurse Grace was kind of weird. We should look into her employment because he's like, have you looked at her employment files? And and uh, Dr. Nathan was like, she was here before I got here. Did you look at her employment files? And he's like, you should look it up. And it turned out she got fired from both of her last two jobs and eight people died on her watch in those last two jobs combined. I and missed I'm like, that part. Yeah, no, that happened uh, right after um, Enrique got carried out to Potter's Field. And they tell, and McManus tells him that he's going to set up a appointment for Miguel to talk with Ruiz so he so that he can get parole. And then the autopsy comes back and shows him Morales was suffocated. So they go and they talk to Nurse Grace, and they tell her that after looking at her employment history, they found out that she was fired from both institutions. And she was like, yeah, the haters. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? I got so many people hating on me because the, the, the patients like me better than they liked anybody else. That's why I got fired twice. You feel me, dog? And they were like, yeah. Then we looked and saw the eight people died. And they were like, she was like, oh, okay. And they were like, we got to set you up for a, um, 
we're going to have you go with the police to the homicide division. And she was like, okay, let me go get my bag. And then she tried to run out and they grabbed her and she was like, get the fuck off me. Get the fuck off me. Spanish cunt. Spanish cunt. And that was her whole part. It was useless as fuck. And then after that, nothing. Like it was dumb. And I'm just speeding through all this so we can get to the most important part of this whole se- this whole fucking show. Um, the call center is now empty because they can't compete with the reef. So what Burr decides to do is go to a um, inmate, basically, Samuel Galgen. And because the inmate is telling folks about the good Lord Jesus Christ, on telemarketing calls, which is not the move. I'm shocked I didn't hang up on him anyway. Bird's like, for punishment, you got to go destroy a reef shit. And so he goes and pours ammonia all over a reef's uh, machines, his uh, publishing machines. A reef's mad until Bird's like, yo, man, just get the insurance money, pay the Muslims back, and just do a pushing. Because, I mean, honestly, Bird didn't want the book anyway. He can't even look at the book. And he's he's number one super nigga for this white woman. He's like her magical Negro and shit, solving all her problems from the inside. So then she gets business while fucking over people with low paying jobs. Also, Poet talks with um, a reap to get paid and finds out they don't have the money yet. So Rawls tells him that they need to get back to selling tits. Uh, right when Chucky's coming down the stairs, this is lucky. Um, and as they're as Chucky's coming down the stairs, Poet is talking about his homeboy Skybar. Who the fuck names himself Scott Skybar? Like, is there also a Barker lounger? Do we have a seat upgrade? Is your homeboy's name first class? Like, what the fuck is a Skybar? But his homeboy Skybar is the one who's gonna get him tits. And Chucky walks up to him and he's like, Yo, man, I'm sorry to hear about Scar- Skybar. Apparently, he got hit with a Chevy 37 times. <laughs> I would Pancamo know about this. Right. I mean, obviously, I mean, when when Bird told him to keep an eye on this situation, he definitely could have just had somebody around. He had to make a phone call. There's only one place to make that phone call. And I mean, poet ain't the most secretive motherfucker he's, in the world. Not, he's not he's not the most ain't he the, ain't, ain't he, exactly. Ain't he the one who told um Told the nigga about what him and Saeed were gonna do to Adabisi. Like he, he no 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 no. He uh, uh Saeed sent him in to get the videotape, and the dude no, saw but, him when no, he was but leaving. didn't he get high and then tell somebody? He told Leroy Tibbs about oh, don't worry about it, dude. Me and Saeed, we got a plan to take out Adabisi. And Leroy yeah, went right back and told Adebisi that shit. He can't keep a secret to save his life. Yeah, and that's why Adebisi offered him the tape and was just like, yo. Mm-hmm. You turned your back on me, brother. Um, fuck. Let me see what else. Yeah, I think that's it. So after that, Dr. Nathan, I might cry, y'all. I'm not even lying to you. I might. I might. This is hard work right here. Dr. Nathan tells Ryan to go and tell Cyril that he's going in for a special session when he goes to the electric chair. She was like, it's basically the same thing. Because at first, uh, Ryan's like, well, why don't we just give him lethal injections so he goes to sleep? 
And Dr. Nathan's like, well, you know, lethal injection is a lot like it, it was invented by Hitler. And so Ryan's like, yeah, nah, fuck that. Um, we'll do the electric chair. And she was like, it's just like electric shock therapy. So just tell him it's just like the electroshocks that he's been getting. Uh, that he's going to a special session. And so Ryan uh, goes into Cyril's cell and sits with him and tells him, look, they're going to give you one last special session, one last electroshock session. And after you get done, they're going to let you go back upstairs to your room, to the upper room, y'all. I didn't catch that, but I caught it now. It's still not funny, but still. They're going to let you go back to your cell upstairs and you're going to have a, a, a TV and you're going to be able to watch whatever you want. And um, you're going to be able to eat whatever you want. And Cyril is like, I could have fluffer. I could have fluffers. And Ryan's like, yeah, you can have all the fluffer Fluff, nutters. Fluffer nutters. Yeah. Fluffer nutters. Yeah. But no, he said fluffers. It's, it's peanut butter and it's a peanut butter and marshmallow sandwich that white people eat. Oh, yeah, mar marshmallow fluff. What? It's fl it's a marshmallow fluff. Marshmallow What's fluff and again? peanut butter. It's called a fluffer nutter. Fluffer nutter. I used to read about it. There was these <laughs> books that I used to read when I was a kid. Uh, something about kids oh, who were in that. like second or third grade, and, and, and some and kids some, will eat fluffer nutters, and some people will eat them with bananas. Some people. Eat yep, that's what I was about to say. Uh, it was one of um, Elvis's favorite sandwiches. Mm -hmm. It's a white people. It's a white people thing. That looks disgusting. However, it, this fluffer nutter cake looks delicious. <laughs> you know what? A peanut butter cake with marshmallow uh, frosting, a marshmallow buttercream no. frosting, and might it has, be kind of bomb. And it has peanut butter cups in it. That it might be kind delicious. of bomb, but you would die after you ate it. Bruh, or I banana saw... nut bread with, with uh, marshmallow fluff over the top and some caramel over the top of that. Yeah, as long as it ain't got no... As long as it don't have... Uh... Uh, potato chips in it. Yeah, I saw that. You sent that shit. That's fucked up. And Chase, don't do what you think about doing, Chase. No, he's he's already on it. Chase, you bet not. He's White people, it. I swear to God, man. This yeah. actually looks delicious. I might make this. I'm well, let me know how it turns sandwich, out. Though. That nah. sandwich looks disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> the, the sandwich is what people eat when they're Look, look, so for every fluffer nutter out there in the world, black folks have sugar toast. Yeah, well, a little bit of sugar toast. Did you say what's sugar toast? Yeah, well, look. Sugar toast is when you push, you butter a piece of bread, you put it into the, the oven so it toasts on one side, and then you sprinkle sugar on top of the toast. A little bit what of says cinnamon. That? A little bit of cinnamon. A little bit of cinnamon. That's the delicacy, that. dude. I've had I've there ain't had no fucking delicacy. Look, I'm from the hood. I've had sugar cubes before. Right? Me too. <laughs> Where we you used to just, just eat sugar. We, yeah, we take a, take an ice cube, you know, put it in your mouth for a second and then put it in some sugar, shake it up a little bit and put it back. Brandon, you never had sugar toast before. Why would I do that? I forgot. You've never been because... poor. I guess. <laughs> yeah, I have. I can have jelly. The fuck we I didn't have jelly. Sugar. We, nah, we, we was we was out of jelly. I but jelly what we had were like, packs of sugar, bread, and butter. I, I grew up like in fifty cent at the dollar store. Yeah, so I tell your mom you used fifty cent, so I go I was buy some jelly, of, mom. I was one of four kids. Like, bro, <laughs> jelly runs out real fucking fast with everybody having it. Right, you got butter, then just eat the butter. The fuck you putting cinnamon on top of butter for, nigga? What the fuck do you think cinnamon toast crunch is? Cinnamon toast crunch is 
hard cereal. It's not soft as fucking bread. But what do you think it originates from? Cinnamon toast. Cinnamon toast. You got it now? Cinnamon toast. <laughs> Crunch. Cinnamon toast. Why not it's just the toast thing. the bread put some fucking butter on it? Because we did that. That's but, delicious. So I'm, that I'm, I'm, I'm guessing you never had a ketchup sandwich either, have you? Why would I do that? I could just eat the bread. I don't need <laughs> but there's no moisture. There. There's no moisture on bread, so you got to put ketchup on it. Like I eat peanut butter sandwiches without jelly. I do that just now. Ew, that's a lot. With no milk. Good. With no milk, though. What am I five? Who drinks fucking milk? <laughs> Nobody, but with no water, like no moisture. No peanut butter sandwich. Just peanut have you talking delicious. like. Just talking like you just got tased and shit. What you about to do? I don't understand. I always hear these people talk about stories about this. I'm so poor. I did this. And I'm just like, nigga, it wasn't even things- about being poor. Like the the thing is, when I was a kid, when I was a kid, all the way up until I turned like 14, three things that were banging every single time: sugar toast, cinnamon toast, and taking a pack of Kool Aid, pouring it into a bag, pouring sugar into that bag, shaking that motherfucker up. And making a fun dip with your finger, where your finger would be the fun dip stick. Yeah, well, yeah, that's fine. But <laughs> why do you got to put extra shit on shit just to eat it? Why would I have a ketchup sandwich? Just fucking toast some bread. I don't need to put ketchup on the fucking bread and just eat the bread and ketchup. That's that's fucking weird to me. Eat the bread. No fun dip. Now that makes sense. The, you know what? What I want you to do is make yourself some uh, sugar toast, or ask Brandy if she's ever had sugar toast. But them things were like pixie sticks, or like a. When I used to go to my grandma, nah, pixie my, sticks ain't the same thing. When I would go to my grandmother's house, and they lived in the country of Virginia, the eastern shore of Virginia, Accomack County. I spent every summer down there, dirt roads, all that shit. They have the old school stores. Like with the one gas stick, with the one gas pump that the guy comes out and does for you, like the old school stores, that's what we used to go to. And I used to go down there and we go in the old school store and the pixie sticks would be a penny, a penny a piece. So I would pick up pennies on the ground that I would see, collect 10 pennies, go buy 10 pixie sticks. I don't got to fucking use a Kool-Aid thing. You ain't never too broke to get a pixie stick. You're not. And at Albertsons, they would have that. But you know what's closer than going to the store and buying a pixie stick? My drawer with Kool-Aid in it. <laughs> then you don't got Kool-Aid. Do you? Are you? What? Do you even black, bro? Like, we had all the Kool-Aid. Like, we had so Kool-Aid. you had all the Kool-Aid. Flavor-Aid. Exactly. Uh, Flavor-Right. <laughs> exactly. So if you can pile up on Kool-Aid, you can, get an extra, you can get an extra jar of jelly. It's called Priorities. Nah, we couldn't. Priorities. Nah, because the difference is Kool-Aid costs like two cent a pack. 20 cent a pack. 25 cents a pack. No, I mean back when I was a kid. Yeah, back before you were born, sir. Yeah, back right now it's like a dollar. Back in the day, it was 25 cents. It was two cent before you were born, sir. It wasn't no fucking two cents. Two cents. You think I'm stupid? It was like 20 cents back then. (laughs) So if you can get 10 packages at 20 cents. That's $2. You can buy a jar of jelly. There you go. And then have to share with everybody. Anyhow. Drink some fucking water. (laughs) So, um... I still drink Kool-Aid today when I shit. 
you know what? The green apple Kool-Aid. Actually, if y'all get a chance, niggas and white people and Eritreans, I see you. Leave a review. Like, leave more reviews for Return to Oswald. This shit is dope. We're coming to the end of this shit. I want each of y'all who are listening to this show to go leave a review about how dope this fucking series was. Not the show itself, just us. <laughs> but um, we... um need to tell folks more about the watermelon Kool-Aid. Have you had it? I don't like any watermelon drink. Do we need all. to? Do we need to? Have you had it? I only thought have either you had it? I only thought there were three types of Kool-Aid. Or, wait, wait, wait. Have either you had the green apple or the watermelon Kool-Aid? I, have. I didn't know there was that. So, I... so, Scar, you can attest that it tastes just like a watermelon Jolly Rancher. Yes, absolutely. And the apple one tastes just like a green apple Jolly Rancher, and they are fucking incredible. Oh, absolutely. That sounds awful. 100%. Great. There's only three types of Kool-Aid. There's red, red blue, green apple, and, and watermelon. No, there's red, blue, and Red, green. green apple, and watermelon. We're on oh, the same blue. page, and we keep veering off. It's red, green apple, and watermelon. No, blue. I the bet fuck? you... Listen, I, I got to toot my own horn. The blue, the blue lemonade? The people always say I'm right. When we get in arguments, I win almost every argument when the people chime in. Why the fuck do y'all I'm keep not, tweeting I'm this nigga? I'm not every a blue. Time we get I'm not argument, a blue. I'm I'm not a I'm not a blue guy. I'm more of a grape guy. But 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 like a grape a grape packet and a lemon packet. You know what? When they used to make that purple source Rex, that was wild. I didn't what? say the blue one was the best. I said the is three. the blue one is the blue is blue one raspberry lemonade. It's like blue raspberry lemonade or something. Oh, are you talking about that blueberry shit? Fuck you. That shit's gross. Yeah, it's called blue raspberry lemonade. Yeah, that shit's good. Oh, no, no, no. It's called tropical punch. No, fuck that shit. That tropical punch is red, nigga. Oh, no, tropical, tropical punch, punch is red. red. Blue raspberry. The packet is the packet is blue, but yeah, the, yeah the, blue, so the blue raspberry lemonade comes in behind the green yes. apple dog. I am so sincere. That shit will literally change your world. Blue raspberry lemonade. There's it, a chicken it, it, and they, waffle place here that sells Kool-Aid and Mason jars. Yeah, they usually, those places, because they have one out here too, they usually have the, the watermelon Kool-Aid. First I heard of it. They I, have, I haven't had actual Kool-Aid in so long, so. Oh. But, um, all right. You know they got Simply Watermelon to end this conversation now? So they, they, yes. they, have, yes. they have hijacked our watermelon and turned it into Simply. <laughs> And I'm sure it's fantastic because everything simply does yeah, is fucking fantastic. fantastic. Now, now, okay, what's your what's your favorite simply? I'm gonna tell you what the this best simply is. For me. The limeade is good. Nah, but man, ain't nothing touching, nothing touching the fucking orange with pineapple. Dude, bruh. dude, he ain't wrong. He ain't wrong. Nothing that is shit touching. Is fantastic. <laughs> and then. And then after that, in a close second, is that fucking strawberry lemonade? Like, yes, yeah, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Oh my God, we're trying so hard to avoid this. I'm going to cry. I already know. Um, I'm not going to cry. This was a good, this made me smile. I, I cried. Ryan, Ryan tells Cyril. Uh, that for the last electrotherapy, last electroshock therapy, uh, they have to cut his hair. And that's when I started crying the first time. Um, 
Ryan Cadcero's hair for him. He's like, let me get in here because the black barber's like, yeah, yo, your hair going, Cadcero's like, is my hair going to grow back? And the barber's like, yeah, your hair going to grow back and your fingernails down there. You about to get your Elvira on. And I thought Ryan was about to stab, dude. Yes. I thought he was. He was like, let me see the scissors. And yeah. then he, but he, but I, I like the fact that he said, "Let me see those scissors," so he can cut a piece. And then he kept that, he kept that lock of hair with him. He wrapped yeah. it around his finger. Wrapped around his finger. Um, Joffrey comes to talk with Ryan and tells him that he admires his efforts to save Cyril, and also he apologizes for blowing him off so often. So obviously, Suzanne talked to Joffrey while they were fucking. Yes, sir. Um, and that at his hour of his execution, everyone in M City will be there for Cyril. Ryan sits with Cyril as he eats his last meal, which again are fluffernutters. And uh, he was like, I should have also, he ate fluffernutters, strawberry quick, and said, I wish I had some Rolaids because now I'm going to have gas and he farting all over the place after he wakes up from his but he, nap. But he said his stomach hurt. He ate too much. Yeah. So, like, and then when he laid down, they laid down and he's like, Come on, Cyril, lay down and take a nap with me. And they laid down and Ryan. Is holding Cyril's hand in his sleep, and then I cried again. I lost it. I that's where that's where I lost it, especially like with them laying down with Ryan right behind him, and you can see they have the exact same face. Mm-hmm. And Ryan like, tells and, Ryan tells him that there's going to be people watching his last session, but he can't be there. And Cyril's like, "Why not?" And Ryan cries. Um. Cyril says, dad said that it isn't good for boys to cry. And Ryan tells him that their dad was wrong and that Ryan was wrong and that he's so sorry. Um, and then he starts crying and uh, more. And Cyril asked him if he did something wrong. And Ryan said, no, uh, Dr. Nathan says that I have a condition and the only way to cure it is to cry. Bruh, I couldn't like Ryan crying in the manner in which he was crying. Mm-hmm. was was heartbreaking and the because is that also that that thought that thought that has to be running through his mind that all of this shit is his fault yep so then um suzanne comes to teach cyril a prayer um and ryan gets told that his time is up he goes and he bribes the cl who's writing notes in the journal uh, he bribes the CO to, to make a copy of the journalist and give it to Ryan. Um, and the CO's like, your time's up. It's time for you to go. Ryan tells Cyril that he loves him and that if he gets scared, to just think about Ryan. And then he leaves out of the cell. After he leaves out of the cell, uh, CO comes in and says, here's the shirt you requested. And he's given Ryan's lucky Jets jersey with their name on the back. And Father Ray walks Cyril to the electric chair. At the same time, Joffrey and the other inmates in M-City all go to their pods. Uh, But Joffrey doesn't. Joffrey stands in the middle. And Joffrey and Ryan are the only two inmates outside of their pods. And everyone else who is in their pods starts pounding on their windows in a show of respect. I guess. I don't know. I don't know how Joffrey got this all put together. Like, do they respect him based on what he's done? There were some inmates who weren't pounding as hard as other inmates. That was noticeable. Yeah, there was old. That was Rebido and 
I can remember. No, there were some who were just the black the the brothers were just going slowly, like they didn't they didn't care. Um, and some were pounding harder, but we'll let this moment cook. So now Ryan is walking McManus's maze praying. They start playing this beautiful haunting song in the background. And that's when I cried again. I actually saved that song to my uh, mental health um, playlist on Spotify because every so often I get so backed up with needing to have a release of tears just to ease the stress and the anxiety and pain that's within me. So I have songs that will help me to get to that breaking point. And I know that this song will not be on that list. Cyril still does not understand what's going on. Every um, Dino Ortolani is the narrator for this, uh, this episode. But when they get to Cyril's execution, Augustus becomes the narrator because nobody can state it better than he can. And he starts talking about how uh, folks with developmental delays uh, usually get treated with more grace. Um, <clears throat> Then um, folks who are who are fully aware of what they did, and so just to reinforce that, when Cyril gets sat down in the chair, he waves at Suzanne, who he sees out in the in the audience watching his execution. He waves at her like a six year old child will wave at their parent from the stage of a performance. I need y'all to see that. That this is like when your, your, your child is up on the stage and they're about to do a dance or they're about to do a song in the choir and they're like five and six and they have to wait like a few minutes before they start the performance because the kids keep waving at the... Yeah, this was extremely painful to watch. Um, <laughs> like I, I, I went there when I watched this. That's where I was when I watched this. I'm not, I'm not reliving it now, but that's exactly where I was when I watched this. One hundred percent. Then the only the only semi light part of this happens um, when they ask him, uh, "Does he have any last words?" And he goes, "Huh?" Because of course he has no idea what the fuck's going on here, and the way that he says "huh," like completely oblivious to the situation, is the only semi light part of this. It was the only part. It was the only part where. That wasn't light to me. It was heartbreaking because I, Ryan did such a good job of shielding him from knowing what was going to happen to him. And then Ryan wasn't there to protect him anymore. And that's that's true. when he finds out that he's going to die. I don't think he really, I don't think he ever realized he was going to no, die. He never realized. And he never realized he was going to die. It's so Leo picks up the phone and says there's nobody there's no, 
there's nothing blocking them. They can go ahead and start the process. And they start flipping the switches up. And Leo is about to start flipping the last switch when the phone rings, the red phone rings. And at the last second, Cyril gets granted a stay based on newfound merit in his appeal. His death got postponed until further notice. I think my understanding of, I think my TV mind, I never, I thought this was just a really great episode, but I didn't get that emotional because I always knew that that was going to happen because earlier in the episode, they're talking to, I think Ryan was talking to um, someone. I don't know if it was his mom or no, he was talking to Dr. Nathan and she, he was like, yeah, the last thing we got is this is they're making an appeal to the Supreme Court. And then they had a scene, they had one of those monologue scenes with Augustus. And Augustus was talking about like Supreme Court, like court rulings on what justifies uh, someone with a mental illness, you know, mental disability getting, you know, getting off. And then like he was talking about how it's different in each state and how it's going to the Supreme Court. And I was like, okay, they brought this up two times and the rule of three in movies and TV shows that is going to be brought up the third time. It would make most sense for it to be brought up in the end. So I think that part stopped me from getting emotional because I was just looking at it like they're doing a really good job of expressing bringing humanity to people who that for the other I don't know how many episodes Brandon, you're absolutely right. Um, and and the signs were all there, and the fact that they didn't follow through with it, I guess. I, I guess on the one hand, I'm like, it was a cop out that they didn't go through with it. Like they were they're breaking people's hearts just to take it to the edge, just to pull them back. But I think the reason why it got me like that wasn't because of Cyril. It wasn't because of Ryan. I was literally thinking about what it would be like to have to tell somebody I loved that, that they're gonna die. That they're gonna die. And to have to tell them in a way like like so I write sin and silence and I might start crying again because every time I talk about it, I start crying. I I never had this situation. So I, I'll let you take take a break. Break. I've never had quite this situation, but I am the person that had to make the decision for them to pull the plug on my dad. Um, he was not in a he was not in a place where he can make any decisions for himself, um, and none of the none of his other children, in, including his stepchildren, um, his children, none of his other children were there. It was just me, and a couple of other family members, but it was just me, and. They, you know, someone, you know, I was was in the room with him, was talking to him. Um, and he's he's just not there. Um, and someone comes to me and go, "You gotta call it." Like, what the fuck you mean? I gotta call it? Like, no, you have to be the one to tell us that it's time to go. And I fell apart. Um, like completely but then again I remembered that 
my dad, you know, prior to this was in his right mind and my dad knew where he was going. And like, I don't know if I could have, if he, if he was, if he was coherent enough to understand what I was saying um, when I was talking to him, um, I don't know if I could have made that decision. Um, like I've never had to tell anyone that they're going to die, but I had to be the one to tell someone that it was time. And that's bad enough. Like I, that really fucked me up for a very long time. Um, and, and I, you know, I don't really, I don't really talk about it very much. Um, but that just the idea of what you just said of having to tell one of your loved ones or someone that you care about that they're going to die. Well, to me, it wasn't just that. It's that you don't understand it, right? So, like, if I'm talking to someone and, you know, like, my, my mom told me story about my godfather who had back in the 80s. Okay. So yeah, it's essentially, you know, my, you know, it's that Cyril doesn't know what the hell's going on. That's the saddest part. We've seen deaths on here. Like this is the fifth or sixth person that's went to death row. It, you know, and all of them, they try to make it, you know, even with Shirley Bellinger, they tried to, you know, she was talking about she was ready to die. She was ready to die. And then when she went up there to die, she started screaming. And, you know, it was like, I'm, it finally hit her that she was about to die like we've seen that we've seen the 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 oncoming oncoming death thing but this one was the worst or or the best pretending on which best way they portrayed it or the worst watching it was because Cyril had no idea what was happening and it was just like you know he's it, you're watching someone go to their demise there's no idea that they're going to the demise like it's like you know I've heard someone say like they've seen an accident about to happen that's really bad and it's nothing they can do. And not that this is the same, but like if you're in the car, right, and you're looking at across the street, you see this car speeding down the road and you see this person in the middle of the road and the person does not see the car coming and you're just watching it. It's like, God damn, this is about to happen. And this person has no idea. And it's and it, and this was on top of that, it was even worse. But watching it. I thought it was interesting. The funny part of me was that, and I did find this funny, is that in the Oz universe, right? In the Oz universe, Cyril's case is a precedent-setting case. It was a case that made its way all the way up to the U.S. Supreme Court and got a ruling on it by the U.S. Supreme Court, which will set a precedent Was it, was it the forward. U.S. Supreme Court or the state Supreme Court? No, he said U.S. Supreme Court. That's what he said. Yeah, he 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 did. Okay. So my assumption is that it already went through Court of Appeals and the circuit. It went through everything, and it got all the way up to the Supreme Court of the United States, and they made a ruling on this. And so in the in the universe of Oz, Cyril versus the state of New York is the precedent-setting case for people with mental illness in death row. So I thought that was kind of cool. For me, and this is going to – I don't know. I don't know, but I know there's going to be two types of folks who are going to hear what I'm going to say. I can't say anything at all. There's going to be the folks who are going to 
understand where I'm coming from. And there's going to be the folks who are going to be like, how, how, how the fuck dare you compare something like this to something like that? When my puppy Dizzy was sick and, and was paralyzed and couldn't move his back legs and had to be put down, I was the only one in the room with him that entire time when they put him to sleep. And he was looking around. I was scratching behind the ears. He was looking me on the face and everything. And I just made sure he looked right into my eyes while they put him to sleep. And just to keep him calm and composed while it was going on. And I've read statements from veterinarians who say that their worst moments are when they're putting a dog down or putting an animal to sleep and the animal's owner's like, I can't be in there. I'm going to wait out here. Just let me know when it's done. And the animal's looking around frantically for their owner and they have nobody there for them. And even though Cyril never really grasped what was going on, when he, when they told him like, do you have any last statement? And he was like, huh, that's when it hit me. That was like the moment where your animal, your pet would start looking around for you. Like we're at that final step before you're dying. It was just a lot, you know, perfect storm of situations in this episode. Damn, I can't say nothing made this the best episode of Oz that I've seen. And I should have known that they were going to take it back to the source when they brought out Dino Ortolani to be the fucking narrator. But, oh, oh, I meant to say something. Um, what, uh, when, he was, when Brandon was talking about Shirley Bellinger, had, did anyone else notice that Shirley Bellinger is the only guest narrator who had evidence of her death around her her. yeah yeah she had rope burns around her neck and Mm -hmm. it's just like she's the only she's the only one the rest of them were just there and just kind of talking and stuff like that there was no you know like you know Ordelani didn't look like he was fucking set on fire you know what I mean? Like, but that we probably would have gotten him for blackface. <laughs> <laughs> nah, he would have been—he would have been great face. Like, come on, dog, he would be great face. You look, you like motherfucking, you like motherfucking Frankenstein, right? How now. did uh, how did Leon die? I forget. That was uh, the first episode. Electric chair. Executed. Yeah. No, no, chair. he no, no, he, lethal, it, injection. He was lethal injection. Lethal injection. Oh. So he would have looked that way anyway. Yeah, he looked like he looked like Leon. But you're right. You're right. Um, one episode left of this show two episodes left of Oz what I'm going to need y'all to do listeners if you listen to the show first of all we greatly appreciate you actually we're going to do two more episodes yeah I think that this next episode is going to require some time so like we might we might have to do this like we t- we might have to do the last two episodes one a week because this this next ec- episode is going to require some time and that last episode is going to require some time 
And then after that, I want to do the episode. Where we talk about our favorite sound bites and and favorite like we'll we'll close out with those sort of things. So we'll do three more episodes of Oz. After that, fellas, um, we're going to the orphanage, right? Okay. So let let me ask you. Let me ask you this: since we have been watching two episodes in mm-hmm. recording two, two you know, yes. the past few weeks for the for the past two weeks would it be completely out of out of the 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 thought process of recording two different shows what's the Uh, other show you want to do because i know one that somebody was asking me about and i was going to ask y'all i mean we said orphan black we said the sopranos is on the list and you said you have one right yep brandon what do you have though so I have two things. One, I don't know about doing two shows, but I definitely want to continue doing two episodes because then when we get to shows that have long seasons, we can still do them. Yeah. Um, but I think, I think Orphan I was, Black every season is like 10 episodes. I was thinking if we didn't do Orphan Black, that the I, the logical next show to do on this feed based on this show and our fan base would have been Orange is the New Black. Nah, he said, uh, uh, Rashani said Wentworth. I was saying Wentworth. What is that? Wentworth is a show that is on Netflix. It is a prison-based show, but it's a women's prison. And every time somebody says Orange is the New Black is the thing that reminds them the most of Oz, I tell them to go watch Wentworth because Wentworth is fucking incredible. Like, they, they, I, oh, my God. Like, I burned through that that show. And I think now it's on, like, its seventh or eighth season. That's the only problem with shows that are currently on is that they're still going. Now, we can't do a show that's currently going. That don't fit. So, yeah. That's the only issue I have with it is, like, I think it's in its eighth season, but it's still going but on. It, now, how many episodes are there? In each season, uh i don't know I'd because i know it's because i know it's the british show right uh australian australian okay australian yeah they, so they don't have that like we do six episodes in the season shit that british shows be doing <laughs> yeah because british <laughs> shows be like luther had like fucking three episodes <laughs> right so fucking sherlock had a season with two episodes so <laughs> actually uh this might be they this Last season might have been the last season because I did a double season for it. But uh, each season is either 10 or 12 episodes. So the first season is 10. And then the next five seasons after that are 12. And then the seventh season is 10. And then the eighth season is 20. But they split it up into two separate parts. So it's part eight, part one, and then part eight, part two. But it's a lot. Like, a lot, a lot. Y'all know what my y'all know what my show is, so it better not be Curb Your Enthusiasm. <laughs> no, you can't review that. Uh, I know we can. You know what my show is, so we'll get to that whenever y'all want to get to it. What's your like, show? I, th- I think we can't do the Wire. Series. I already told y'all the Wire. Talk- scandal. Oh yeah, um, no. About scandal. The thing about scandal, scandal after is, about, dude, after about the third season, like, come do on, you bro. want me hate watching scandal? Like, do you want me doing that to black women? I am. We just watched four seasons of this shit. Yes, I'm but going. this isn't written by black women starring a black woman. I have a real. I will fuck Fritz up. I will I fuck no, Fitzgerald up. Hold on. Just because you're a black woman, don't mean you can't do something fucked up. 
If it's trash, it's trash. Yeah, yeah. Shonda Rhimes wasn't trash. Shonda Rhimes has a way of jumping the shark about halfway through her shows. Man, I wanted to do a Shonda show, and it was either going to be Scandal or How to Get Away with Murder. I have never seen any How to Get Away with Murder. Me either. I saw the first season of How to Get Away with Murder, and then I stopped because they got away with murder, and I was like, why is it still going? Me either. I'd never seen that show, so that's why <laughs> I wanted us to do a show that none of us have seen. Most I, of I, it. Yeah, I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm in for how to get away. I don't want to do Scandal. I'm sorry, I don't because that shit got dumb, de dumb, dumb. Shonda Rhimes shows jump the fucking shark. I mean, come on, man. Like fucking Grey's Listen, Anatomy jumped the shark. There's not head. a single Izzy, person on eyes. Izzy as- was fucking Negan the ghost. Like, get the fuck out of here with this shit. Dog. There's not like, a single person on the eyes that's as good as character as Papa Pope. There isn't. That's absolutely true. No. You that's can't absolutely beat that. true. But the rest of that shit. Dum, dum, dum. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I am 100% on board with that. Okay, so my show is How to Get Away, so we'll get to that whenever we get there. Right, I won't so make we'll y'all do, watch us. We'll do Orphan Black, and then we'll do uh, How to Get Away. And okay. then we'll come back to Wentworth. New question. Yes, sir. So should what we, we can do, we, because we, we can't do should we two. Bounce, should we bounce? Should we bounce seasons? Like we do a season of something, then bounce to something else, and then come no, back? No, no. You just um, want to go straight through? Yeah. We'll go straight through. We always go straight through. That's the one thing we got to power. If we can power all the way through odds, we got to power all the way through this. Oh, Orphan by the way. I believe it's like five, five seasons, and I think How to Get Away with Murder is like three or four. No, How to Get Away is six seasons, but How to Get Away is not 20-some episodes like Scandal. It's only 15. Okay. Okay, I can do that. And you know, one of these days, we're going to get one of these shows where it's going to be 30-minute long episodes, and I don't know how we're going to deal with it. Bruh, four episodes in four, four, four episodes, episodes in the show, my nigga. Yep, fuck it. Uh, thank y'all so much for listening to Return to Oswald. You can check out Scar on Twitter at Scarfinger. Brandon's on Twitter at that cool black nerd. Black is spelled B-L-K. I'm on Twitter at Rashani. The show is Return to Oswald. Uh, 916-633-1537. Um, return to Oswald at gmail.com is the email address. You can leave a review on Podchaser. Copy that. Paste it in the Apple Podcast. Copy that. Pacing in the good pods. We appreciate each and every one of y'all who've been checking us out on good pods as well as on Pod Chaser. Um, Scar's cookie company is called MC3. Uh, what is it, Scar? Come on, give them the work. Do I really want to put that out there? Because I'm, you, you know, I yeah, we I, want, we, we I want, I got no license, dog. I ain't trying to get hit like that lady who got caught selling on Facebook. Um. <laughs> so, well, so, his 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 page of his page for fans of cookies is the Mike Corbin's Culinary Creations MC3, and um, he also has his uh, M. No P T C A C handcrafting.com is where you can find his candles and his art. Handcrafted. Always oh, say handcrafted or handcrafting. So. P-T-C-A-C Handcrafted is his uh, website for his art and his candles. Yes, Brandon, you got anything coming up? I really need to put art on that thing. All right. 
Thank y'all so much for listening. We do greatly appreciate each and every one of y'all. You can leave a donation at patreon.com slash single simulcast or at buymeacoffee.com slash sscast. So we get money in the bank. And on Good Pods, you can also go to our tip jar. All monies go towards um, therapy for these type of shows and also books for Ratchet Book Club and for movies for um, Hindsight. From us to you, thank you so much for listening. We do greatly appreciate each and every one of y'all. Y'all be good. We're going to holler at you later. Peace. Peace out. You didn't add the other chop. Nah, not yet. I'm still working <laughs> on it. <laughs>